It's time now for Faith in Action, the program that looks at how ordinary people are putting their faith into action in their everyday lives. Faith in Action is underwritten by the Knights of Columbus, Council 6923 and Fishers, and is produced by Catholic Radio Indy. If you have any comments or suggestions for this program, please contact Bridget at catholicradioindy.org. That's B-R-I-G-I-D at catholicradioindy.org. Or call 317-870-8400. Now, here's today's edition of Faith in Action. This is Faith in Action on Catholic Radio. I'm Jim Ganley. Our co-host is Bridget Ayer. Hello, Jim. Hello, everyone. Thanks for tuning in. And I'm sure people are going to get tired of hearing me talk about it, but we still have some seats available for our annual dinner, and the annual dinner is coming up on August 24th. That's a Tuesday night, August 24th, at the, um, used to be, the Northside Knights of Columbus Hall. It's now the Northside Events and Social Club. Same building, same place, still run by the Knights. Great place to have any kind of a a meeting or dinner like we're going to be having. Uh, August 24th begins at 6 p.m. And guest speaker is going to be Father Vince Lampert, who is the exorcist for the Archdiocese of Indianapolis. Always, always an interesting talk about what exorcism is and just as importantly, what exorcism isn't. And uh, Father has written a new book uh, all about exorcism that... uh, I'm sure you'll have some copies available there if you, if you want to take one of those. But uh, that's August 24th. You can reserve some seats for yourself by going to catholicradioindy.org. Catholicradioindy.org. Uh, it's right at the top item there, and you'll go right through the process. Uh, you can buy individual tickets, as many as you want, or uh, buy a table for eight. That really helps us out a whole bunch. So you can do that online, or if you... Don't get online. You can just call us here at the station at 317-870-8400. 317-870-8400. Yeah, and I also want to mention if you happen to be on the Facebook platform, we're not telling you what uh, social media platform to be on, but if you happen to be there, uh, Catholic Radio Indy is also there. We are almost, uh, we're over 900 followers now, and uh, if you follow us there, you can um, also keep up to date there on what's going on. We do try to push out some of our podcasts and other things that are going on here at Catholic Radio Indy, so if you're there, we're there as well. I'm really super excited about our topic today. And super Uh, nervous a little bit, if you if people if people want to know the fact Bridget Bridget's pretty fearless she really is she's pretty fearless and she normally will charge right into an interview and say well we'll figure it out as we go along and today she's a little bit apprehensive okay well yeah all right it's it's the name of the parish that we're going to be featuring today it's got a very interesting name but I will get to that so uh, well since its inception the Catholic Church has been made up of quite a few new converts in fact that's kind of our whole deal here is to to go make disciples um, and in modern times we see that play out at a, a new parish here in town it's called St. Cuthbert of Lindensfair Farn. All right, let's try it again. St. Cuthbert. Cuthbert. Okay, here we go. St. Cuthbert of Lindensfarn. All right. Hey, there we go. I got it. All right, and our guests today are its business manager, um, one of our board members here at Catholic Radio Indy, Lee Ashton, and the featured guest is Father Jeffrey Moore, who is um, a former Anglican priest who is now a Roman Catholic priest. Right. So welcome to Faith in Action, men. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, we got to start out with Father Moore. I 
ha- this th- your story is fascinating from what I'm gathering from it. Um, you were an Anglican priest and now a Catholic priest. Mm-hmm. How did you come into the church? Give us a story about that. Where are you from, too? <laughs> well, that's an interesting story. I'm from Texas, and uh, it's actually even more strange than what you said because I actually grew up Southern Baptist. Oh, oh. wow. Wow. <laughs> And um, in a small town in North Texas, on the Oklahoma border, um, had no I, I didn't know anything about Catholicism growing up. Uh, it's a, like I said, small town. There's not a whole lot of Catholics in my town that I grew up in. Um, and so, yeah, it's been a wild journey. So, so how did you, okay, from a Southern Baptist mm-hmm. to an Anglican priest, give us that jump okay. first. Let's start well, there. Well, that, that jump. I would credit uh, C.S. Lewis with that transition. I first read C.S. Lewis when my first or second year of college, and um, it was Mere Christianity that I read, and that really opened my mind to what church could be, you know, because up to that point, it was one aspect, the Southern Baptist aspect, which is, you know, how I was raised, and the town I grew up in was predominantly Baptist, and, um, you know, but it was C.S. Lewis that uh, after after I met my wife, got married, and we finally got our act together, started going to church, I was like, I want to go to the Episcopal Church, so. Okay, and then how did you end up as an Anglican priest? What okay. was that journey? All right, so as a Baptist, after I was baptized, I did feel called to ministry. Mm-hmm. I thought to myself that I was going to go to seminary even, but it, it was confusing because I did not want to be a Baptist preacher. Mm-hmm. So when I found the Episcopal Church... And at that point, and we're cutting out a lot of stuff, and I know we only have a certain amount of time. <laughs> sure. But this, is at, the, this is the real crash, crash right, course version. Okay. Right. So this was 1997, um, and at that point, I had killed out the idea of going to seminary. Mm-hmm. But in the second Sunday of Advent, that was our first week going to this little Episcopal church in Wichita Falls, Texas, that was the first time in my life that I couldn't wait to go back to church the next Sunday. Mm-hmm. Mm. And so as I continued there every week, getting to know the priest and his family, uh, getting to know the parishioners, seeing the liturgy and hearing, he's an excellent preacher, hearing his sermons, the light bulb went on. And it all made sense. Mm-hmm. So that at that point is like, this is what I'm supposed to do. Now it makes sense. Okay, I want to get into the what is an ordinariate. Okay. And I'm fast forwarding mm-hmm. a big a big amount. So we might yeah. want to go back and, and yeah, talk about how you sure. how you um, became a Catholic priest because sure. I know at some point. Was it Benedict that Pope Benedict that had invited any Anglican that wanted to become a Catholic priest? I don't know how that came about. I don't know the history about that exactly, okay. but okay. So 
should I or- answer the ordinary question first? Sure. Sure. Okay. Well, for the listeners out there, they might be more familiar with something else first, um, and maybe y'all as well. Uh, the Archdiocese of the Military? Yes, mm-hmm. I okay. am. Okay, you're familiar with that. Mm-hmm. Well, it's not actually an archdiocese. It's an ordinariate. Right. Okay. So it covers a big... Well, it, it's, it's, um, it's basically, it exists wherever the people it serves are. Okay, right. Okay. okay. Yes. And so that's what an ordinariate is. Now, ours is a little different because it is a geographic area. It just happens to be... All of North America. Okay. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. All okay. Right. With the exception of Mexico. So okay. it's all of the United States and Canada. Okay. And so you are actually, now how did you end up then, okay, you became a Anglican priest. Mm-hmm. When did that happen exactly? When was that, and how long <sighs> was that road? Oh, well, so after I joined the Episcopal Church, um, the priest said, well, let's go talk to the bishop. The bishop said, wait, didn't you just become Anglican? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, had to, I had to wait three years um, to go to seminary. Then it was three years in seminary. And so it was a total of six years uh, that I had to wait. Um, and so I was ordained. I graduated in 2004 from Neshota House in Wisconsin. And some of the listeners out there might know Neshota House. Um, Lee went to Neshota House for a while. And um, and so, yeah, so 2004 is when I was ordained in September of 2004 as an Anglican priest. We're talking with Father Jeffrey Moore and Lee Ashton. We'll get him in here in a little bit. Mm-hmm. And we're talking about um, a new parish, uh, St. Cuthbert of Lindensfarn. <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting there. Yep. Um, and I want to, so this is actually housed at... Good Shepherd yes. Catholic Church. Okay, explain that. There's two parishes operating out of the same building, basically? Mm-hmm. Well, technically, um, our group is not a parish yet. Okay. And I better put that in there, so, uh, you That's know. That's fine. No, I, I need I need clarification <laughs> sometimes. Because we're not big enough to be considered a parish yet. We're considered a uh, community in formation by, okay. by our diocese, by the ordinariate, which we just refer to as a diocese. Mm-hmm. Because for all purposes, it's just a non-geographic diocese, so... But yes, yeah, so we share space with Good Shepherd. I mean, Good Shepherd's a small parish, and um, so they only had, when I came in, they only had two uh, weekday, weekend masses, one mm-hmm. on Saturday evening, one on Sunday. And so, yeah, it's, there's plenty of space for us to have our mass there as well. Now, why wouldn't this parish be a regular diocesan parish? I mean, what's different from a diocesan parish to the type of parish that you have? Um, I don't think there's, I don't know that there's much difference at all, really. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think there's any difference. Um, it's just that our diocese encompasses the entire United States. It's kind of like, you know, our Eastern Catholic brethren that have their own diocese. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a friend that's a Ruthenian priest who I work with at uh, Franciscan Hospital, and his, I can't remember where his diocese is where his cathedral is, but, you know, they have their own diocese, too, mm-hmm. and they have their own parishes, like St. Athanasius here in town. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, it, I don't know that there's much of a difference as far mm-hmm. as that's concerned. Mm-hmm. Now, was there something that prompted your move from 
Anglican to Catholic? Oh, well. Roman Catholic? That's a whole other show, but go ahead. Oh, it is another show. It really is. <laughs> I can tell is. by your, by the, by, and um, I kind of know a little bit of the history of kind of why people uh, decided to migrate over to the Catholic faith, but go ahead and answer. Let me condense in uh, John chapter 17, may they all be one, when Jesus praying the high priestly prayer, you know, may mm-hmm. they all be one as you and I are one so the world may believe. Um Thomas Howard, if you're familiar with Thomas Howard, the Catholic author, uh, he has some books written and published by um, Ignatius Press. Mm-hmm. Uh, he recently died, but he and I became friends, and he helped me in my uh, conversion. Uh, mystical Experiences uh, and St. John Henry Newman. Mm-hmm. So you mm-hmm. really felt called to be a Catholic priest. Oh, well, I, yes, yes. I, I did. I mean, it's been a journey. It, it yeah. Oh, very much so. Um, I mean, from like the mystical experiences, like I, I just mentioned, uh, Mary mm-hmm. telling me mm-hmm. or asking me, "When are you coming home?" Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And um, that was that's kind powerful. of a that's that, kind of a big one, right? <laughs> yeah. Now, when you made the transition. Some Anglican uh, priests became Catholic priests, but sometimes in that transition, a whole congregation came with right, them. Right. Did you come alone, or did you? I, I did come alone. Nobody was willing to follow me at the time, <laughs> and that's fine. Um, I, I did what I had to do. It was a matter of conscience at that point, because I, I had been speaking with the Catholic bishop where I was from, that area, who is Bishop Van, and he's now out in California. Um, great man, but uh, you know he and I worked together a couple of months, uh, meeting together personally one on one. It was it was this was the first thing he had to do when he became bishop. <laughs> so I was knocking on his door saying hello, I want to become Catholic, and he was just like dumbfounded. I don't know what to do with you. <laughs> so he met with me one on one, and really, you know, he knew that it, Jeff, you just you have to come. It, it's time. And I knew it too, and that was fine. At that what, was there a re-education process involved? I mean, sure. Or, or do you just sign here and? No. Yeah. Well, you know, when when you come over, there's no guarantee that you're going to be a Catholic priest. Okay. Because um, I came over before the ordinariate was even established. I, I came over through the uh, uh, pastoral provision, which was initiated in 1980 thereabouts by uh, St. John Paul. And, um, but even in the ordinariate, there's still no, there's no guarantee that you're going to get ordained. You have to go through the process. Um, and so I went through that process, and, and yes, I wanted to be a priest, but I had to wait for, after I converted, I have to, had to wait for a whole year, and at the end of that year, I was just like, okay, God, just tell me yes or no. I want to be able to move on with my life. If I'm not supposed to be a priest, okay, but Show me what to do. Um, but yeah, so uh, Bishop Van, at that time, he was in Fort Worth, and he already had nine convert priests, nine married priests, and his priests didn't want any more married priests, I think. So <laughs> he worked it out for me to go to San Antonio, which is where um, Archbishop Gomez was, who is now in L.A., a wonderful holy man, and everybody needs to pray for that man. That diocese is so massive mm-hmm. and he's done such a great job there but um so i went down to san antonio <laughs> it took three more years to go through the process 
and finally got ordained. And I've been a priest for 11 years now. Well, that's awesome. Um, we're going to take a quick break here. When okay. we come back, we're going to talk a little bit about your community, your okay. faith community. And we're going to talk to Lee and how you got all connected with this as well. So stay tuned for more Faith in Action. You're listening to Catholic Radio Indy, converting the culture to Christ through radio, featuring 100% Catholic programming 24-7. Do your friends a favor. Tell them about Catholic Radio Indy. Across America, there are quiet heroes changing lives every day. When disaster strikes, they lend support. They give hope to those in need, warmth to the cold, and help to those society ignores. Over the past decade, they have given more than $1.5 billion and 700 million hours to charity. When it comes to making a difference, the Knights of Columbus are on the front lines. Become a Knight and be the difference. Learn more at kofc.org. Catholic Radio Indy. There's lives being touched every single day by it. Welcome back to Faith in Action. I'm Bridget Ayer. Jim Ganley and I are in the studio, and we're talking with our guests, Lee Ashton and Father Jeffrey Moore. And we're talking about a very interesting uh, transition from an Anglican, well, I guess a Southern Baptist to an Anglican priest to a Catholic priest. And the, and the faith community here in Indianapolis is, and I'm going to see if I can get this right, St. Cuthbert of Lindens Farn. And who was this person, Father? Okay. Yep. And where is this place? Okay. Not the parish, or not the parish, the community yeah. is in Indianapolis right. at Good Shepherd. But Lindens Farn. Yeah. Yes. Talk about that and, and, and St. Cuthbert. Well, Lindens Farn was, was a um, Benedictine community. And it's a tidal island um, off the northeast coast of England. Uh, it's a beautiful place. Uh, St. Cuthbert lived during the 7th century, the 600s. And um, what can I say? He was um, a monk elsewhere, got transitioned to Lindisfarne, uh, became the abbot slash bishop of Lindisfarne. Um, and he... The, one of the reasons that I'm fond of him is because I've been to Lindisfarne. Um, I've actually been on the island. I've been to Durham, which is where his uh, tomb was. And um, I was actually ordained to the priesthood on one of his feast days, March 20th, in the Catholic Church. So how did you, did, were you able to pick the name of your community? I'm just curious. <laughs> well, that's an interesting story. We. <laughs> <laughs> Lee and I went down to meet with the bishop and his, our bishop, Bishop Lopes, Stephen Lopes, okay. uh, down in Houston, which is where our cathedral is at. And uh, it was in September. Yeah, we went in September. And um, <laughs> so they didn't tell me specifically the process. You're, they gave me the list of names that I could choose from. I got a lot of great English saints. And apparently I was supposed to pick three and let the bishop pick. <laughs> So, mm -hmm. but I didn't know that. We just came with, hey, we want to call ourselves St. Cuthbert of Lindisfarne. And, and the people around the table were like, um, that's not really how it's supposed to be done. But the bishop just said, no, that's okay. That's fine. So you're a <laughs> Catholic priest, but are you still like doing like an English yes. liturgy? Okay, talk about that. Okay. And Lee, <laughs> we're going to get to you. <laughs> I'm, dying to, I'm dying to hear your conversion story and how you got connected. So we'll get to you for sure. So our liturgy... Um, is 
from the Book of Divine Worship, which has been uh, put together by the Vatican. It's uh, basically we use uh, Eucharistic Prayer One, uh, the Roman Canon, but it's uh, not in the language that you're used to. It's in uh, kind of the these and thys and thous. Old English. Mm-hmm. Not not strictly old English, but yes, old sounding English mm-hmm. exactly. Okay. And it's a very beautiful, uh, the way the words flow, it's just really a beautiful liturgy. Um, so that's, that's one big thing. Um, now, in the ordinariate, uh, we also uh, worship ad orientum, meaning to the east. Uh, priest and people all face the same direction during the Mass. And, you know, one of the significant things about that is that the priest and the people are all facing towards the east, or at least maybe not actual east, but liturgical east, mm-hmm. which is the direction from which our Lord will return. Oh, that's kind of cool. Yeah. So we're, we're all facing that direction together. Okay, Lee, how did you get connected with Father Moore? Well, you're um, the business manager, and yeah. you're also a board member here at Catholic Radio yep. India. So thank you so much for your service you're to welcome. to our you're our station. You're welcome. So I was um, I was raised uh, a non denominational. I was raised a non denominational person. Uh, Interesting. For 27 years, and uh, finally found my way back to the Episcopal Church, which is where I was where I was born. Okay. And uh, I decided that um, I really felt compelled to try to as best I could, figure out which way would be worshiping closer to the way the early church worshipped. Okay. So I went to Oxford, England with my wife on a vacation and bugged her to go to the bookstore at Oxford University and bought every book I could buy that fit in my bags that uh, talked about the earliest church, uh, the early church fathers uh, and early church history. And I read and read and read and decided that I really maybe needed to think about the Catholic church, which was not anybody in my family was, nobody in my family was Catholic. Um, and so ultimately, uh, the Anglican Chetibus, Anglicanorum Chetibus, was signed in 2012, which said that the Anglicans in the, could come into the church. And I was with a group that did come into the church here in Indianapolis. At that time, it was Bishop Coyne, mm, I think, uh-huh. was, yeah. the, was in charge. Mm-hmm. So we came in on Easter uh, that year, and then um, we initially were housed at Holy Rosary Catholic Church. And then recently, uh, Bishop Lopes, uh, with the Ordinariate, uh, they worked out an arrangement for us to with the Archdiocese of Indianapolis so we could be located at Good Shepherd. So that's how I got there was by coming into the church through that group, and that group is now at, at um, uh, Good Shepherd or St. Cuthbert of Lindisfarne is our, is our co-location name. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so the interesting piece is that the, the, the ordinariate, as Father was saying, it was designed for people to come into the church. It was designed for converts, for people from other churches who follow the same... Uh, the, the, they agree with the sacraments and they agree with the doctrines of the church. They can come in, and so the liturgy is is English, very old English, and has English patrimony. Uh, and even though it's still Roman Catholic, it still has some of the distinctive elements, theological, spiritual, and liturgical elements of the old English church. Mm-hmm. Now, is one of the goals to get your own physical building oh, yes. and oh. location, that sort of thing? Oh yeah. Any, any leads or any? No, well, we, you know, we're still really growing. And um, it's a process. We've had a lot of word of mouth uh, people coming to mm-hmm, visit. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, soon we will start advertising. Um, but, yes, I mean, I'm here for the long haul. Uh, and if you want to know how I got here, well, 
the bishop said, go to Indiana. It's like, okay. Um, Where's that anyhow? (laughs) (laughs) But hey, I was, uh, I'm a native Texan, but I was really getting tired after 13 years in San Antonio of summers that last for eight months. (laughs) So I'm glad to be here. Now you're looking for a, an existing building or a build from scratch, or are there any particular things that your building has to include to be considered a church? Well, you know, we by kind of nature, uh, I mean, if you've ever seen, most Anglican churches are very traditional layout. And so if it was an existing building, it would have to be a, a very traditional, uh, you know, long church mm-hmm. with an apse down at the end and, um, you know, east-facing. Uh, but, you know, I've... I really am thinking of, you know, well, maybe we need to just find a location that, you know, where there's not a lot of Catholic churches, because if we find just a building that's there, there may be two or three or four Catholic churches just right around it, you know. Now, yes, we do have, I guess you would say, a different mission, because we really are here to call converts, um, but also reverts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if you're out, and Lee's got something he's burning, okay. burning if, desire if to say. If you're out there, if you're out there, and you, um, you know, are looking for a place to worship, and you're not involved with the Catholic Church today, but you're from maybe from another faith, come check us out. That's, yep, that's all of us. All of us in our in our group and our family, our parish, are all of us are converts. Yeah, we're all from someplace else. So, how can people find you? How can they can they check you out online in terms mm-hmm. of um, mm-hmm. your website? What, what's yeah, that? It's www.saintstcuthbert, c h, sorry, c u t h b e r t n d dot org. Saint Cuthbert Indy, one word dot org. Now, do you have like a traditional RCIA program, the uh, Rite of Christian Initiation of Adults, which right. most of the parishes offer. Do you have something like that or that exactly? No, not that exactly. I mean, I guess we could use that, but really our, I think most of our parishes use what we call an inquiry class. Um, now, I was in one of our biggest parishes in the Ordinariate in San Antonio, Our Lady of the Atonement, um, had a wonderful inquiry class run by my friend and who is now a deacon, uh, Dr. David Delaney, and he put this program together, and we are actually going to just basically steal that from them and use it here in Indianapolis. Uh, he's a very brilliant man. He put this together. He's a actually a systematic theologian. <laughs> and Father, before we go, could you give our listening audience a blessing? Oh, I surely can. The peace of God which passes all understanding. Keep your hearts and minds in the knowledge and love of God and of his Son, Jesus Christ our Lord, and the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit be upon you and remain with you always. Amen. Uh, One more time, the web address and the physical location. Can people just show up at Mass or knock on the door? Oh, yeah. (laughs) Mass, Mass is at 1130 on Sundays at 2905 Carson Avenue, Indianapolis, Indiana. At what uh, Good Shepherd Catholic Church in our and and you don't have to be a convert. Nope, anybody can fulfill their Sunday obligation at our mass. Yeah, anybody. www.stcuthbertindy.org. Our guests today have been Lee Ashton and Father Jeffrey Moore of Saint Cuthbert of Lindensfarn. Uh, thanks so much for being our guest today. Thank you. Thank you. We appreciate it. You've been listening to Faith in Action, the program that looks at how ordinary people 
are putting their faith into action in their everyday lives. Faith in Action is underwritten by the Knights of Columbus Council 6923 and Fishers and is produced by Catholic Radio Indy. If you have comments or suggestions for guests or topics for this program, please email Bridget at catholicradioindy.org. That's B-R-I-G-I-D at catholicradioindy.org or call 317-870-8400. This program is pre-recorded. You can hear the Holy Mass every day at 8 a.m. right here on Catholic Radio Indy.